Welcome to the first episode ever, episode one of the Six Scale Scavengers, a Hot Toys podcast as part of the Brick City Blockade podcast network. This is Brian Fontaine, aka the Jedi Scavenger, and every show I'm going to be joined with my good friend, Christopher James Letty, aka Vintage Viewport, and uh, we're just, we're going to talk some, some Hot Toys, Star Wars, Marvel. I don't know what else really to say, Chris, other than we're both really excited to get this kicked off. Yeah, we are very excited. It's been a long time coming. We've been teasing it for a while, and we're just excited to share our passion, our our newfound passion for Hot Toys specifically, you know, as you said, Marvel and, and Star Wars. So hopefully you had a chance already on the Brick City Blockade Podcast Network podcast feed to check out our episode zero that we just recorded this week. And we went to a little bit of a preview of what to expect. And it was really just kind of, Chris, just to whet the appetite a little bit. It doesn't mean we may not repeat ourselves from something that we said there. But as you mentioned, uh, this is a passion for both you and I. I've not quite been collecting hot toys for a year now. I hooked you hook, line, and sinker uh, a couple months after that, <laughs> and uh, it, it's something that a lot of our daily conversations, uh, either texting back and forth, are usually <laughs> centered around hot toys and what's the news and, and whatnot. So just like I said in the preview episode, we don't pretend to be experts, and you know, I, I, I would say we're probably considered fanatics, and we're eager to learn and, and learn more and join other Facebook groups and, and just learn as much as we can about these figures because, you know, this line has been out there. The Marvel line has been out there since 2008 when they first did one of the first Iron Man figures, and Star Wars kicked off. Uh, there was a Luke Skywalker figure released in 2012, I believe, DX07. And as I mentioned, we'll get into what those little acronyms mean at some point. But then it was really 2014 when the license really started to take off, you know, for Star Wars. So, you know, some good stuff there. Uh, you know, I just, as I mentioned, we want to, you know, learn with you as our audience, learn from you as the audience and just and, and see where this uh, crazy crazy little uh, venture goes because you know chris the the internet needs one more collecting podcast yes it really does there's not enough we need uh as many as we can get no i i mean i i think you know us focusing in on the hot toys line and and uh providing this content for collectors out there you know there's not too many other podcasts there's a lot of youtubers doing stuff with hot toys but not too many podcasts, you know, talking about hot toys and, and specifically Marvel and Star Wars. So, yeah, we need we need another one. Yeah, we're sorry, DC and all the other licenses, but uh, we got to we got to cut the line somewhere and whatnot better to, to talk about both of these. So, Chris, I guess any podcast adventure kind of starts with an origin story. We were, we were talking before we hit record on this first inaugural episode and uh i was telling you how i got involved and anybody that has known me for any length of time on the brick city blockade podcast network knows that i have a big affinity for the shore trooper 
design that was created for Rogue One on Scarif. And that was my gateway drug into Hot Toys. I, looking over here in my, uh, my dork lair here, and uh, I have a whole shelf dedicated to anything I've found about Shore Troopers. And I finally said, hey, that, that Hot Toys one looks pretty cool. It's, it, looks, it looks awesome. It also looks expensive. So I took, a, I took the plunge. I, I went on eBay. I found a reasonably priced one, which now that figure right now is actually pretty hard to come by. And we'll, we'll talk about that as these episodes kind of go by. And, and Chris, I, I got the figure and I opened it up and the box, even from the box, I was just like, this, this is going to be, this is going to be an experience. And I opened it and the artwork underneath. And I just, I could not, it just blew my mind on how much detail was there. And yeah. I, I just, I, I didn't even know what to do. I felt like it was like this uh, religious experience. I'm like, oh my God, this is like, there's no turning back now. Like this is what collecting is. <laughs> I, I literally, I, over the course of the next couple months, I was a big collector with SH Figure Arts. I was complete on the line. I think I have two figures now. I, I had at one point all of them. And uh, our good friend, Bill Janowski, over at the door player. Good <laughs> shout out to him. I know he gave us a shout out on Instagram today. Yeah, it's how, it's how it happened. And then, and Chris, as I was mentioning, like within a week on Sideshow, I pre-ordered the figure that we're going to talk about today. So what a better way to kick off episode one. Uh, it's a great story. I, these figures are next level, next level figures. They're pieces of art. Honestly, I, there's so many people involved with creating these figures and it really shows the amount of time and effort, the detail that the artists put into these figures is, it's just amazing. And, and I can see where you got hooked because not that long after I got hooked and I pretty much, I blame you. I also blame uh, our friend Scott Inch over in Scotland, he kind of introduced us to Hot Toys and that sort of thing. And one of my favorite characters in the Marvel series is Black Widow. You had gotten the Winter Soldier version of, of Black Widow. And I just, that's my favorite, the aesthetic of Black Widow in that movie. That's my, you know, that's my ideal look for the character. So you pointed me in the direction of, you know, eBay and I checked out the auction and I ended up getting the figure at a really good price. And thankfully you, you handled the situation for me and, uh, we sneakily, uh, did a deal, you know, in, in a hospital parking lot <laughs> and, uh, people were probably wondering what was going on. No, that from that point on, you know, I was just hooked just hooked yep it, it's I, I still remember that day where i we happened to be working in in the same town and uh i was you were like hey you got the stuff i was like yeah i got the stuff and uh we 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 <laughs> <laughs> the the transaction occurred and that was the end of it because then i think you went mm. hook line and sinker too oh man it. it's just it's like you like i just said it's like there's something you can look at a lot of the great instagrammers out there chris you mentioned the youtubers out there 
you can see videos and pictures of them, but I don't think until you can see them in hand and see them in person and see, uh, you know, I'm looking at our, our future figure we'll be talking about here soon. And it's, it literally looks lifelike. It still blows my mind even after all these months of, of how they possibly can do the paint that they do to have the eyes look glossy and lifelike. It literally looks like you've got a miniaturized version of the actor or actress or trooper or whatever it is like right in front of you in a one six scale. The likenesses over the years, Hot Toys has really worked hard on perfecting the actors and, and actresses likenesses. And you can see that progression. You look back at the archives of all the figures that have been released, you can, you can see that natural progression of the quality of the sculpting and the paint apps and the hair, whether it's sculpted, whether it's rooted. I mean, it's just, it's just amazing. And yeah, when I opened up that figure, that, that Black Widow, and granted that figure came out a number of years ago and I just, I couldn't believe it. I jumped right on Sideshow, saw what they had, started plotting out my devious plan of you know, <laughs> who was who was next and and you know from what you had gone through with your research and that sort of thing and you know I started digging in seeing where the Facebook groups that were really involved with with this scale and checking out all the websites I just went crazy on it so We'll, we'll get into all that stuff in further episodes, but it's just been, you know, a fun ride so far. And I look forward to what's, what's coming down the pipeline. Yeah. I think it's only just going to get better. And, and one thing you had mentioned there too, you know, I'm even looking at some of the figures uh, that I've collected uh, on the Marvel side from even when uh, the first Avengers film came out and, and you mentioned uh, some of those figures and to even see where it's progressed in the last say six years, it's, it's made this significant jump. And in the first, like I said, I believe it was 2008 when they got the license to do the first Iron Man figures. And one of the jokes about hot toys is they just keep making Iron Man figures, but people keep buying Iron Man figures because they're awesome. And uh, they keep getting better now that they've done die cast ones and they're able to redo some of the original ones they did under a hard plastic and now in die cast. And we're excited to, to talk about some of those coming up. But Chris, I think it's also fitting that we are now coming off of San Diego Comic-Con and Hot Toys and, and Sideshow had a presence at San Diego Comic-Con 2018 and teased the heck out of a lot of figures. And, and one thing, one thing that we'll talk about here too is that just because they've got a prototype of a figure out there, it, there's a strong likelihood that they could make it, but they've shown figures over the last couple of years that have really never materialized. And Chris, you talked about something on our preview episode, episode zero, about the CEO of Hot Toys is so involved with the process that you know, maybe they do some market research, maybe they test it out and said, okay, now that we have this prototype and we're going to mass produce it, what, what does that look like? So it can be disappointing for fans sometimes to, to really count on some of those figures to, to show up and, and they may not be. So that that's one thing that I know you're likely the same, 
one of the first things I do up in the morning and because Hot Toys is based in Hong Kong and they're 12 to 14 hours ahead of where we are on the East Coast in the United States, you know, there's usually already news out for the day of, of what it's going to look like. And then later that afternoon, you and, and we know it very well now, Chris, it's usually around <laughs> 3 to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time yep. is once they've announced it early in the morning, Sideshow's got it up on their website. And then we're looking then to find out additional images from the, the Hot Toys main site. You can see that. We're going to see what the what the price that Sideshow is going to charge for the pre-order, when it's going to come out. Uh, it's just, it's like, I feel like a kid in a candy store every time there's a new figure released. You know, it's kind of funny. Like, I get super excited. We're texting each other back and forth saying, is it released yet? Is it released yet? You know, it really depends on the character too. If it's someone that we're passionate about or one of our characters that fits into our focus or something like that. But it's also neat to see all the different figures that they're, that are coming out. You know, there's just as many passionate fans for those characters, you know, as there are for the ones that we, we collect. And we we've talked about in our preview episode is that because these are, you really have to really want the figure because of the cost associated with them. And, uh, you know, on our website, brickcityblockade.com, we have our checklist that we've referenced and we list out the original retail prices. But then, you know, after something's been released and it's been out there for a couple of years, the secondary market really kind of dictates that price. It's almost really neat to kind of live vicariously through seeing what's out there to see what other people are passionate about as collectors and, and knowing that you can't possibly own it all. I mean, there's financial constraints, there's space constraints, there's displaying and, and then the pre-orders as we'll eventually talk about for these, you know, sometimes can be almost a year in advance. So it's, it's that payoff of knowing that basically one of these, this figure that I ordered last October finally showed up on my doorstep from Sideshow in June. I was like a, a kid in a candy store on that day. You know, I, I think it's important to really know what your focus is and uh, it's okay to change it up. I've even recently kind of decided that I'm going to change up a little bit of my collection, it, not necessarily churning the bottom end of it, but just finding opportunities to, to make sure that my collection is the best representation of where I am as a fan, what my interests are, and making sure that I think you and I get even more excited when we know that there's a figure that we've wanted to come out, it gets announced. And then some of them we both happen to be going for, and we'll we'll talk about what our pre-orders are and, and stuff in, in future episodes. But if I know that it's a figure that you want, that it's not one that I'm particularly not necessarily interested in, but just know that it's not one that I'm going to get. I I'm usually right there. I'm like, Hey buddy, it's live. You know, I'm not like I'm enticing <laughs> you or, or whatnot or, or uh, no, not at all, <laughs> but you know, I just, I, I think we enjoy helping each other too. And, and it's not just exclusive to us as our, as our friendship. There are a lot of collectors out there that are uh, very passionate as well and are, are looking to help each other out and let let everybody know when news drops or when something's available or when there's a good deal or a lot of different things. That, I mean, that's the thing that is not to go too deep, but I mean, that's the fulfilling part of it is we can share in this collecting experience together. It just makes things, you know, more enjoyable that we can, these 
chats and discussions about these figures. And it's fun that there is this, I mean, I had never, honestly, before this whole experience, I had never even really considered the idea of pre-ordering toys and and, uh, figures or anything like that. It's never really something that I was into. I was always the, I'm always hunting, you know, looking for, for the stuff in store. And my other collecting focuses are with vintage star Wars. And for that, I'm always hunting antique malls, you know, yard sales deals on eBay. So this is a totally different experience for me with the hot toys and, and getting into these pre-orders and, and mapping everything out and projecting which figures, you know, how many figures can I fit into the budget? Where, where do I want to focus in on? And for me, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I'm equally as big Marvel fan, but I've got a huge Star Wars collection. So I decided that I'm going to go for just the Marvel characters that I really like. Not necessarily just Avengers, but whatever ones that come out or that you know had been released previously that I really wanted, those were the ones I was going to go for. And that's that's kind of my direction. As much as I love the the Star Wars hot toy figures, I'm just trying to keep things real and I'm not going down that path, but I'm going to I can go over your place and check yours out. Uh, <laughs> Those are the best kind of collecting buddies to have oh, yeah. vicariously through their collections. So yeah, for sure. So we'll just touch upon what are your, what direction are you going in? You, you said you made a change, tighten things up or whatever. What, you know, what direction are you going in with your collecting? So I do have a focus uh, with, well, I shouldn't even say a focus with star Wars because my, we all have different things that we love to collect. I, I think some of my anchors of my uh, Star Wars collection for Hot Toys is uh, two of my favorite characters, Luke Skywalker and Rey. I've chased down uh, some of the older ones uh, for all of those. I, I'm still my white whale right now, and it's just I don't know if I'll ever get it, and I'm okay with it, is the first Luke Skywalker that I'd mentioned, deluxe version DX07 that came out in 2012, which was a dual version of Luke and his Bespin outfit. I keep hoping Hot Toys, if you're listening, please reissue that figure. And (laughs) but other than that, I have some of the Avengers figures. But right now, my main kind of uh, focus for the Marvel side is I'm a huge Captain America fan. Um, Again, I've got all but one figure there. And it's kind of more of a technicality, Chris, that I don't have the other one. Black Widow, as you mentioned, uh, I've got all of the Black Widow figures. And then from there, it's, uh, you know, what I'll probably do is some of my more favorite characters like Thor. Iron Man is look for what I deem like the best representation of those. But I, as a collector, don't have a problem owning, you know, multiples of, of one figure because, you know, that's what I really enjoy doing is is chasing down particular uh, characters and, and having different versions of, of them. Awesome, man. I feel the same way. I, I'm going to try to get the best representation of, you know, the majority of the Avengers figures that, that come out or I've got a pretty good lineup so far, as far as Marvel characters go, I did go back, you know, in the catalog and, and pick up a lot of key figures here and there 
but I've kind of gotten to the point and we've talked about this before. It's, it gets pretty expensive when you're trying to knock off, trying to complete a line or, or whatever. So I think going with the pre-orders really going forward is the way to go for me. I've, there's not really too many older figures that are reasonably priced that I, I really want. Yeah. And I think it's important to kind of be comfortable, you know, with that. And, and again, you know, another thing that we'll, we'll talk about often here is the, the self-control and, and staying, you know, with an established budget, uh, so that you don't overextend yourself because then it doesn't become fun. You, you know, this is, I mean, these are so enjoyable to, to collect and to own, and you certainly don't want to have any regrets about that whatsoever. So Chris, I mentioned it. We're coming off San Diego Comic-Con. We're not going to go through all the figures that were on display because, man, there was a lot of them. <laughs> if you want to search for what was on display, I mean, there's various different websites and Facebook groups and stuff that you can go out there and, and see. But Chris, like I said, we won't cover all of them, but which ones th that they had on display that they haven't previously announced that we don't have on our checklist yet that are you like the most excited about? Okay, on the Marvel side, for me, number one is the Vulture from Spider-Man Homecoming. That figure looks amazing. I don't, the scale of the, the wingspan and everything, that suit, I think I mean, that would be at the top of my list for sure. I think when the Marvel, <laughs> the original Vulture from Spider-Man, is just this completely ridiculous old guy with, you know, a feathery suit. And when they announced that character for Spider-Man Homecoming, I, I know a lot of fans were like, what the heck are they going to do with this character? The way they style that figure is just amazing. They, I mean, I'll take into it. I mean, this isn't about the figure, but the character from the movie, Michael Keaton did such an amazing job in with his performance of that character that it made me love that figure even more or that character even more. And I really need that figure. <laughs> <laughs> that car scene. My God, oh, Chris, my God. I know we've talked about it. We're both fans of the Marvel yes. cinematic universe. That car scene with Tom Holland slash mm -hmm. Peter Parker, man, like just that whole like five to 10 minute uh, stretch of that, that film. And it, you know, it's a film that's been out for a while. We don't have necessarily have to worry about spoilers, but sure. man, you could cut the tension with a knife on that one. So oh. that was great. So yes. Yeah. We'll kind of alternate here. So for me, yeah, my number one is uh, Shuri from black Panther. Mm -hmm. That one was teased. You and I have been, you know, dying to know when they're going to make that. I just fell in love with that character from the from the movie and we got to see her in avengers affinity war you know with a very brief cameo but i just love the enthusiasm uh leticia wright leticia wright yeah so leticia wright i mean she just knocked it out of the park and so you know lovable and uh fun and infectious and to be able to own that in action figure form definitely on the top of my list there just touching on that figure what do you think about the execution of the prototype it was the face sculpt was amazing. I mean, one thing too that we'll, we'll strongly suggest is a lot of the artists that work for Hot Toys also post quite a bit on Instagram. And I love seeing the little pictures, Chris, I'm sure you've seen it, of them holding up the, uh, the painted face sculpt from basically mm -hmm. the neck up. Perfect. I mean, just 
you know, it even had her little, I like we've, we've talked about, we hope that she comes with a lot of her gadgets and stuff. I mean, that's kind of her jam, but I, I thought it was phenomenal. I can't wait. I, I, I do hope there is a lot of uh, murmurs and uh, kind of crosstalk in a lot of these really popular Facebook groups that they feel like that's a figure that may not get made. But I, I feel like she's too popular to not get a release either from the Black Panther movie or Infinity War. I can kind of see that a lot of people are saying, you know, there's other characters that have more prominent roles that should potentially get a figure. But that's my number two figure. I want that figure. Again, I want it now. I'm sure we could get Sean Michaud to uh, get into Hot Toys for uh, for Shuri there. <laughs> but um, I, I think... I think that they definitely should. They need some more, another female character that's uh, other than Scarlet Witch or Black Widow, diversify the, the lineup. And, and the big thing with that figure is some of the female characters, they go with rooted hair, but this particular figure is sculpted hair with her braids. And I can't even... I can't believe the detail that they put into that head sculpt and the, and the hairstyle. It's just amazing. Yeah. I mean, basically, they also use this opportunity to kind of, a lot of these figures haven't been announced yet, but was to basically finish off the Infinity War line for Avengers. So a lot of those figures look great. Um, we did just see the release of Shortly afterwards, I think the day after, two days after uh, Comic-Con wrapped up with the War Machine Mark IV, talk about that briefly you know some more of the solo troopers a new version of r2d2 which definitely caught my eye uh, leia bespin i know a lot of people definitely like that one we've got the clones now we got commander cody i mean there's just so much goodness out there from from hot toys and there's really something for everyone I, i'm gonna say this probably a lot It'll probably turn into our, our drinking game for our podcast, Chris. But you know, <laughs> you you just can't own it all, even though if you want to. But it, it's it's super super important to to stay true to you know your budget and and your focus. If you do that, you're not going to get into the situation where you're constantly buying and selling because you're like, I bought this, but I don't really like it, but I want something else, and and that's just a slippery slope. I, I'm not a strong advocate for constantly flipping hot toys. I mean, no. <laughs> they're, they're they're so highly detailed and expensive and stuff, but there's just also, you know, as I'll talk about in future episodes, there's also a lot of angst that goes in with actually going and, and selling them on a secondary market because there's so many different things that could go wrong. You want it to arrive in good shape. So just stick to your guns on these. I agree 100%. <laughs> uh, before we get into our audio reviews of the two feature figures that we have here in episode one of the six scale scavengers podcast. Uh, Chris, as I mentioned, we did actually get a couple newer releases that we did get a couple new figures that were announced this week. Some of them shown before some of them entirely brand new. We got looks at the new, we've got a couple weeks ago, we got looks at the new Ant-Man and the Wasp. Those look great. Those have been out there for a little bit. We had some of the exclusives that are now going to be available coming up very shortly with a, the concept art version of Captain America. You best be sure I've got that on pre-order. <laughs> got King T'Chaka, 
that's out there. But then we started getting some of these announcements and we saw the Spider-Man with advanced suit from the upcoming PS4 video game that was on display. It was also on display with the Spider-Punk. That Spider-Punk has not been announced yet, but the video game version of Spider-Man is up for pre-order. Darth Maul, that is the one that I think is in the DX line, the deluxe line for you know Hot Toys. There's one version with the speeder, his Sith speeder, and one without. And that's probably been the one that really caught my eye the most, a figure that won't release until October 2019. You got a little bit of time to think about this one, Chris, uh, for fans that are of Darth Maul. It's going to be the first figure released by Hot Toys from The Phantom Menace which is also going to coincide with the 20th anniversary of the Phantom Menace. Doesn't that, doesn't that make you feel old? <laughs> oh my God. Don't even, <laughs> don't even. <laughs> so we've uh, a lot of people that were a little upset at first because the Mark 50, the Iron Man figure from infinity war was announced so early. And before the film came out that who would have known that he had so many different more nanotech weapons and gadgets and stuff. And I thought, Chris, this was going to be the first time that they've released like an accessory pack for an existing figure. It's actually accessory pack four. They've had three other ones. I really am now interested to find out what those are. Yeah. What what are those? I know. We'll that's do some I, research. Yeah. So I looked at it and I was like, oh, it's ACS 004. I'm like, well, there must have been three before this one. And then another one that a lot of people are buzzing about is uh, War Machine Mark IV from Infinity War. That might actually give us the opportunity, Chris, to kind of transition our, our conversation a little bit into uh, a booming secondary market for a lot of figures. Right now, people are just going nuts for War Machine figures that are die cast. I couldn't believe the prices of the War Machine figures. The War Machine from Civil War is seriously one of the hottest tickets right now. Everybody wants it. It's an amazing I mean, the aesthetic of the that suit and everything is just it just looks so ba and i think a lot of people they just didn't they didn't go for it at the time i don't know if it's production was low on that figure or i think it's got a few things going for it it's an amazing looking figure it's die cast most of these are pretty low production so that's a hot one and then the other hot one right now is the Homecoming Iron Man Mark 47 diecast. You know that one pretty well. That's a really amazing looking suit. I'm kicking my butt for not picking that one up. It was available on Big Bad Toy Store. Uh, when I first started picking these figures up, I decided to pass. Yeah, those some of those War Machines and, and Iron Man diecast figures, people just go nuts over. So I've got a theory, Chris, about that. And I don't necessarily, I think one misconception I think I've seen in a lot of groups mm -hmm. right now is the fact that they think every Iron Man that's die cast is going to blow, you know, blow the doors off everything. Mm -hmm. Because right now, most recently, the Mark V's out there, and I feel like that's had some pretty good interest out there. The Mark VI from Avengers, the armor that Tony Stark had at the very end of Iron Man 2, into 
all the way up through the Avengers, the first Avengers movie up until, you know, he gets his Mark seven against Loki there on uh, on Stark Tower. I don't necessarily know if it's just that. I mean, obviously, Iron Man is extremely popular. I, I feel like War Machine's an underrated character with Don Cheadle uh, behind the mask in, in that one. I think it's the figures that people underrate. They don't necessarily pre-order. Maybe you're onto something with a, a limited production run because if there aren't a lot of pre-orders for a figure, well, they're not going to go gangbusters and and make a lot of figures that people may not end up buying. You know, these figures, I, I feel like people really underrated. They didn't necessarily pre-order. And then as soon as people start getting it in hand, they're like, oh my God, this is one of the best things ever. <laughs> I, I know that because it happened for me because... I was on the hunt for an Iron Man figure. I actually, and this is probably sacrilegious to admit, I hadn't even seen, had the opportunity to watch Spider-Man Homecoming yet. So I didn't even know what to expect from the film. And somebody in one of the groups uh, posted a picture of that Mark 47 armor. And from the production images, I'm like, yeah, it kind of looks like the, you know, the Silver Centurion version or the Ultimates uh, version that the run that they had a mm-hmm. couple of years ago in the comics. And I'm like, yeah, it, it's pretty heavy on the silver. And then somebody posted pictures of it and whatever, if it was rather, if it was their lighting and, and their, uh, you know, their detoff or, or whatever it is, I'm like, holy cow, that looks amazing. Like just the, the, the color scheme and everything. So I was lucky enough to do that. I do also have the Mark six. I've decided I'm going to keep the Mark six and, and test my luck on, you know, on the 47 and we'll, we'll see how that goes. But I, I think it, it, it also just uh, illustrates another point that you and I have tried to been making, Chris, is if, if you're, if you're sure about something, go for it. You're going to have regrets later. These are uh, collectibles and, and toys essentially that they just, they hold value. They, they don't really lose much. I mean, I another theory that I have is I think I feel like Hot Toys really learned their lesson from The Force Awakens and overproducing first order troopers from that film. <laughs> there's a few of those still available on Sideshow. Yeah, there's a few of them still view on Sideshow for good deals. I mean, they're good figures. Big Bad Toy Store is another one that both you and I frequent. And right now you can buy one of those and get store credit back for some of those. So that's a risk that you sometimes take with a pre-order, but a lot of these really popular figures and in the Marvel side, you and I have, you you and I have seen it on the Marvel side. I mean, the two most popular characters are Iron Man and Captain America. You cannot touch a Captain America figure for probably under $400. Now it is incredible. I'm glad I got in when I did (laughs) because I couldn't do what I have right now. If I didn't, maybe I, maybe I started the boom, Chris, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> no, I, well, you jumped in, I mean, seriously, right at the perfect time, right before you jumped in right before the collectors just went nuts over Captain America. I mean, I made, I, that's one of my regrets is I should have jumped on a Captain America right off the bat. I decided to go with some of the secondary characters and some of the more affordable characters. I should have just gotten a cap because now I, I don't have a Captain America yet. And I, I really wish I had one, but I mean, it's, it's fine. I can, you know, I can live with the decisions that I made with certain pre-orders that have come out uh, in the last few months. 
and and I'm okay with that. But it between Captain America and Iron Man, I mean those are the, those are the two head honchos. Those are the those are the guys to go to, and a lot of people, you know, start their collections with those characters or base their collections off of those figures. And it's pretty amazing to see there's quite a bit more Iron Man figures that have been released than Captain America figures. So that's one reason why I think cap the cap figures have just skyrocketed, especially with, you know, the success of infinity war. I really, I could see the before infinity war, the deals that I was getting on some of these figures were crazy. And then after infinity war, it seemed like everybody was buying hot toys like crazy. (laughs) I just, you know, I, I joined all the a number of the groups and you, you could literally see the trends happening. I'm glad I got in when I did. I think if I if I waited until after Infinity War, I don't think I would have been able to to get the figures that I have so far. And it's just kind of funny how that works. It's kind of cool to to watch it happen. And there's there's so many pa- keep saying passionate collectors, but they really are. It, there's people have some amazing displays and some of these completists with the Iron Man suits. It's just incredible to see them all lined up and it's inspiring. You know, you want, I'm like, I want to have a display, you know, maybe not like that, but I want to be able to have a display where I can really appreciate these figures. And, and I think once you get them on display, it it's that much more fulfilling to look at these pieces of art. And there are things that you can, you can pull down and you can mess around with, you can swap out their accessories. You can, swap the heads and then you could get into all kinds of stuff like customs and and that sort of thing. And it's just really fun to see where you can go with a collection. Absolutely. Amen, (laughs) brother. All right. Let's get talking about some of these feature figures. We've teased them. We haven't even announced what they are. So (laughs) pleased to announce that our first two audio reviews of hot toys, movie masterpiece series near and dear to my heart. Mr. Luke Skywalker from Return of the Jedi, the first figure I pre-ordered from Sideshow, and it arrived shortly after my birthday last month. I was hoping for on my birthday, but that would have been uh, very earlier in the month, so I'll still take it. Oh, I love this figure. And then, Chris, we've got the... (laughs) We talked about it. I, I think I briefly mentioned a little bit ago, but the Hot Toys Iron Man mark five from iron man 2 aka the the suitcase armor and uh, excited to talk about both of these yeah man go for it all right so luke skywalker return of the jedi this was a june 2018 us release on the sideshow website i guess one thing that i should mention is obviously at the secret base which is the hot toys store in hong kong that we referenced in our preview episode you can usually get figures a month or two there before you can get them here in the united states through sideshow through big bad toy store so this was a june 2018 us release it's movie masterpiece series 429 or mms 429 it originally retailed for $229.99. You can still pre-order on Sideshow. So maybe you'll go out and based on this really awesome audio review, you'll think about going out and getting it. So a <laughs> couple little stats because I'm a stat nerd and we obviously keep 
of the checklists and stuff that we have at the Brick City Blockade website. So I can track by the number of figures that have come out from a movie. Chris, this is actually the third figure to be released from Return of the Jedi. There's a couple other figures coming up that have been announced with Emperor Palpatine, Deluxe Emperor Palpatine, and one of the Royal Guard figures. They're not out yet. So we had a couple years ago, we had Boba Fett from Return of the Jedi, and then we also had a deluxe version of Boba Fett that came out with the Sarlacc pit. So this is the third figure from the film. My God, Chris, this is like the perfect. This is the the perfect figure. I'm like, I know people throw out the term. It's it's a grail piece for them in their collection, but it's my favorite character from one of my favorite movies. The figure is just absolutely spot on. It's like, I don't know how they can top this. I agree with you. I So for me, Return of the Jedi is my this is my favorite Star Wars movie. Luke Jedi is my favorite vintage Kenner figure. And I'm trying really hard not to hit by it now right now on, on Sideshow. So <laughs> but, that's why you just come over to my place and you can look at it. So yes. yes. Um, so with all the figures, we'll talk about like some of the box artwork and uh, some of the different accessories that have come with it. So one thing we'll mention about the Star Wars uh, boxes they're rather bland it's the same black and gray scheme on it it's very nondescript it's got a you know an image of the figure on the front this actually has him as he appears on Jabba sail barge after grabbing his lightsaber from R2D2 so the box isn't terribly great to look at there's always like an insert underneath it's uh, the same length as the box with a couple folds in that that goes over the little trays that are inside. And, and Chris, I have to laugh because it almost looks like one of those really cheesy 80s yearbook photos that's got two images of him, both facing a different direction. One has his cloak on as he's talking to Jabba and the <laughs> other one looks like he's looking at the emperor. So, oh, wow. um, yeah, it's it's pretty funny. I'll have to send you a picture of what it looks like afterwards. And I guess from there, I'll, I'll talk accessories. You know, I guess one thing I'll also say about my collecting style, I'm a big proponent of using what we'll call museum poses. I'm not saying that I have them pose very bland, but that's not really in very dynamic poses. I don't necessarily go for deluxe figures just because a lot of the accessories, they just they don't speak to me a whole lot, and I think they're cool, and some of the designs are really good, but for me, they either usually stay in the tray, in the box, or if it's a figure that doesn't have a whole lot of accessories, I'll actually take the accessories out, put them in like a plastic bag, and uh, keep them in my you know my collecting room. But Chris, this thing's loaded with stuff. Yeah, he's got the yeah. handcuffs that he had from Vader on Endor. It's, he's got the blaster he grabs from Jabba's guard there when he tries before he goes in the Rancor pit. He has. So one thing that they do with all of the lightsaber figures is they also include a detachable arm that you can insert at the elbow of the figure. And it basically allows for the lightsaber to light up with an LED light. Another little thing that I have with my figures is I tend not to put the batteries in them just because not that I don't want to wreck them. It's just I'm not like light up features don't really do it for me. So I actually, to be honest, Chris, I haven't even taken that, uh, the extra arm with lightsaber out. The one cool thing though, too, is it does come with two of the lightsaber blades, obviously, uh, ignite the green. There's the standard one that you can have there, but then it also has like a swinging trail one where it actually is like a blurred triangle, which looks pretty cool. There's four extra sets of hands. 
I'd say if I have one gripe, Chris, about this is they only come, it only comes with one extra black gloved right hand. There's the one that I just spoke about that has the light up feature in it. And the other one is closed. But then other than that, you really can't display it how he has it in the throne room. At the end of the film, you really are left with either the, the two skin color hands that he has. I mean, they do have one that has the blaster damage uh, that he gets on top of Jabba's sail barge uh, before he has to start wearing the glove. So that's a little bit of a disappointment. And then there's a couple other things that come with the, the robes that he has. The figure outside of the box actually has the extra black tunic that he comes with that he looks like he does at Jabba's palace and then also on the sail barge that overlays essentially what he later wears just in the throne room at, at the end of the film. I personally have mine displayed as he looks like in the throne room, but the just the material on that is great. And then the other thing is, as I talked about it, the the robe that he that it comes with a figure looks awesome. I still have it in the tray just because I decided not to display him like he looks like at the beginning of the film. But for the value that you get with this figure, the likeness to Mark Hamill, the all the different accessories, the stand that comes with it, the, you know, the stand is one of the standard uh, hot toy bases, but it actually has a couple different inserts. So you can have it be on the Death Star. You can have it be on Tatooine. It, it's just really cool. And uh, yeah, I, I'm almost speechless about this one, Chris. It's just it's so phenomenal. The you know, the tailoring of the figure. Now, I will say to his character, uh, his costume is actually rather simplistic. Boots are, are pretty, pretty bland. And, and, you know, basically it's just a black pants and a black shirt with a little you, you can pull out, you know, the the, the front of it. So it, it kind of is overhanging a little bit. There's there's not a lot to it. It's very it's it's rather simplistic, but it's just it's just phenomenal. For this figure, you talk about that simplicity. I when you have a figure that has a very simple costume, it's the quality and the execution of the the stitching, the the placement on you know the fitment on the figure. The thing that Hot Toys does is just make the clothes fit as they should as if they were you know it was a real person wearing that costume you know you look at some of the the lesser quality six scale figures or you know even the the ones that kenner produced back in the 90s and stuff and the, the clothes just fit horribly mm-hmm. and you know the way that hot toys tailors these clothes to these figures it's just it's a second to none yeah i mean it's just great uh, i i will say that one little tidbit obviously thing and again things to kind of look out for you know these are definitely designed for adult collectors and i would say 100 percent follow the instructions that are included with each figure they they have a tendency to look out for things to be mindful of, things that are extra delicate. I have a Captain America figure that I royally screwed up one of his shields, uh, one of the you know the leather straps in it, just because I thought I was being careful, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh! you know, I just I just kind of super glue will fix it eventually. But 
You, you want to definitely be careful with a lot of these things. One interesting thing about looking through the instructions, Chris, is it actually says his hair is actually magnetized on the top of his head and you can actually take it off. One thing they showed at New York Toy Fair 2017 was they showed an Endor version of Luke and Leia. And it looked awfully close to this, but outside of having his, you know, Rebel Commando helmet and then his uh, camouflage tunic there. The cool thing is, is it says accessories to be released later. So I've been thinking this whole time that they were going to release an entirely separate figure that was going to be Endor Luke. And maybe we're going to get accessory pack five. I don't know. We'll see. Got me thinking because for me, aside from Luke Jedi being my favorite Kenner vintage action figure, my focus is Rebel Commando. And I also love the Endor Luke figure. And I was thinking if they release an Endor Luke, that may be my gateway. But I may have to rethink that plan now. Thanks a lot. You know, that's what we do. All right. So, you know, obviously I'm going to give, you know, I don't even know, Chris, what I don't even know. This is our first episode. We haven't even decided (laughs) what our rating scale is going to be. You know, one thing I I said at the top, we are not going to pretend to be experts. We're going to appreciate these figures. We're we're fans of them. More than often, any time that we have a figure in hand, it's because it's one that we we really wanted. It doesn't mean we won't say anything bad about them if there is things to kind of notate or concerns that you have because of QC production. So, you know, this one, I don't know what a rating scale is, Chris. You know, it's obviously two thumbs up for me. I have no regrets about it whatsoever. It's going to be a central point of my collection for a long time. And... I, if you're on the fence about it, if you're a fan of Luke Skywalker, you know, I definitely, you know, I, I believe this is one of our good friends, Cody uh, Dagaba Days. I believe that may have been his first Hot Toys figure ever. And I just, I was following him on Instagram and just to see, you could tell how excited and giddy he was with getting it and the different uh, photos that. I mean, you can take you. It's almost like having Mark Hamill, you know, in your office and you can take pictures of him and make it seem like it's from the movie. (laughs) I mean, that's how good these figures are, you know, to see him get so excited about it. You know, I know he had reached out to uh, to both of us and had tuned into our our preview episode. So give we'll give him a quick, you know, shout out there. But yeah. All right, Chris, we got our next figure coming up, too. This is kind of our I, I highly doubt we'll ever have two in an episode again. It could happen if we both have the same figure in hand, but let's talk about that Mark V suitcase armor. So my figure is the Iron Man Mark V. It is Movie Masterpiece Series number 400. So it was the 400th figure produced, which is amazing. And it's also designated D18. So it was the 18th diecast figure. It was a release date of July 2018. So just, just very recent. And it retailed for $344.99. And it is currently sold out on Sideshow. And I pre-ordered this back, I think, in February or March. And it, for me, you know, it's not a key, it's not a key suit. You know, it really has a short, short appearance in Iron Man 2. But for me, it, so I'll just go over which scene it is. You know, we call it the the suitcase armor, suitcase suit. So it was the scene in Iron Man 2 when 
they were in Monte Carlo at the F1 race and Tony decided he was going to take over his own F1 race car. Ivan Vanko, Whiplash, in his Mark I suit, walked onto the racetrack and took Tony out. And <laughs> of course, he's in his race car suit and he's defenseless. And uh, Happy and, and Pepper come to uh, his rescue. And, and luckily, Tony had developed this suit. Basically, it's it's the suit all broken down into a suitcase. And the scene is pretty cool. He basically, he opens, the Happy slides the thing over to him and he, he kind of steps on it and then it just starts surrounding his body. And it's a the design of the suit, it's very, it's kind of like scaly and the way it, it all connects and, and forms around him. It's, it's got a kind of a gunmetal gray, silver, deep red color scheme. For me, that scene is, is one of my favorite scenes in, in all of the, the Marvel movies. And, and it kind of called to me and, and I knew that I needed to have it. And they had previously made one I forget which MMS number it is, but it was a hard plastic version. And a lot of people have done comparison side by sides and it, it's, it's shorter and it, you can definitely tell the difference, the quality of the diecast versus the, the original release. And for me, eventually when I have this thing displayed, I'm going to have it in a, a fighting stance verse whiplash in his mark one suit which i i grabbed earlier this year and that was an early release of hot toys as well and and that figure really holds up of whiplash it's a pretty cool figure definitely search that out on our checklist on brickcityblockade.com so i'll get into the figure design it's got very articulated <laughs> we won't go into how many points of articulation but it it has all these flaps on the legs, its torso that can pop out, and it kind of gives the illusion of the, the suit forming around Tony. And, and it's a sleek design. I know some people have criticized it online, saying it's still a little bit too bulky, but I, I mean, I think it's, you know, it's tough to execute a figure with a tight, tight armor suit, but I think, I think Hato has nailed it as far as the the look of the figure and you know how it compares to the, the movie version but so this figure comes with a separate tony stark head sculpt with some uh, wounds on his face i believe this one was reused with one of the previous previous versions of uh, of tony but the likeness to downey jr is just on point you know some would say that you know it's a bit of a static look but the the hair, the color, the skin tone, the facial hair, the eyes just really pop. And you know, it's a good, it's cool to have that extra head sculpt because you can you can display it with the figure, or you could come up with a custom custom body and, and uh suit. I know some people have been posting pictures of there's an aftermarket racing suit that matches the one from the film. So people have been doing side by side displays this figure comes with a lot of accessories it's got let's see one two three four five five hands 
It's got a separate battle damage arm. It's got different panels that you can pop on it that make it look like it's battle damage because he Tony really gets wrecked in this scene. Whiplash does a, does quite a number on him. Let's see. It's got light up features uh, in his chest. He's got different hands that light up. Uh, let's see. It's got a cool little stand. It kind of looks like the racetrack. And then probably one of the coolest features is it comes with a separate suitcase that matches the one in the film as if the suit was all bundled up. So if you had another Tony Stark figure, you could kind of have him with that. Yeah. He, how about the how about the arc reactor for uh, <laughs> for Whiplash? That looks pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, it's got that. Yeah, so it's got the arc reactor matches the one that Tony rips off Whiplash because Whiplash in the movie, he creates his own arc reactor from scratch. Tony rips that off his chest and crushes it. It's a really neat. It's a really neat little piece. It's got, you know, it's just that little extra, extra thing that if you want to make a little scene with these figures, it just, you know, it's nice that hot toys comes up with these little details you know not every figure that they put out they they give you all this stuff but it's nice when uh when they do just because um it just adds more value to the figure and and you can just uh you know come up with your own own setup for it this figure so when the die when you get the die cast figures just to shift gears here a little bit the box the boxes are pretty heavy duty They've got a slip cover that goes over the top with a nice, it's got the Iron Man figure in kind of like a silhouette on the front with, on the upper portion, it's kind of encased in, uh, in plastic on the back. It's got all the, the credits for the figure. You pull the top of the box off and then the figure is actually in a foam They've got it set in foam, so it really protects the figure. They've got plastic surrounding the figure. Then you've got pieces of styrofoam stuck in between the different joints, so that way there's no chance of it getting damaged during shipping, which, you know, you pay so much for these figures, and you really want them to be protected before you even get them. And, and Hot Toys, you know, they think of everything, and they really do a great job with presentation of the boxes, I should say on the Marvel side, it's a little bit different on the, on the Star Wars side, pretty, pretty uniform as far as Star Wars go, but let's see what else. I mean, that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. I mean, I just, I love this figure. I can't wait. It's going to be a while before I can really display him, but I, you know, I'm looking forward to setting up a nice scene with him and whiplash and, you know, just, just enjoying the figure, man. So we didn't really talk about, obviously, diecast is going to weigh, you know, a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of these, uh, I think, to, sh- to ship an Iron Man figure, I think it's over six pounds. So, I mean, yeah. I think the figures itself is about four pounds. So, like, when you're holding one of these things in your hands, it's it's considerable. Like, when you get them in a pose, like, it's not going anywhere. I mean, you can use the stands that they come with, and they usually, some of them, I don't, Chris, I don't think this one came with a flight stand. No, but some of them you can, you know, have his repulsor lifts on under his feet and his hands and, and really create some of those with some of the flight stands. Obviously, in Iron Man 2, you know, he didn't have the opportunity to do that. 
and and just I, I gotta throw this in, Chris, because I know I feel like Iron Man 2, the, the film gets a it's a bad rap. I personally like it and I like the you know, I like the character development for Tony Stark in, in the movie. And uh, I think that's like one of his low points in the in the film. So I just have to throw that. And we're both, you know, we're huge Star Wars fans, but also <laughs> huge Marvel Studios fans, too. No, man, I I rewatched it recently right after I get the figure and I enjoy the movie, too. Uh, you know, it's there's some questionable, you know, decisions they made in the movie, but I really enjoy it. You know, it's the introduction of Black Widow and and. I actually, I really like the Whiplash character. I wish they had done more with him. And I want to see, not to go on a tangent, but I'd love to see uh, Justin Hammer make a reappearance in the MCU. I mean, he, I love he, he, Sam Rockwell. He yeah, he nailed, he nailed that. Sam Rockwell nailed that role. So, Chris, one final thought about the Mark V. So, the original non-diecast version was MMS 145. And... The retail price for that was two hundred nine ninety nine, so a considerable, wow. considerably a less. Difference. And uh, but obviously you didn't, you know, that was not. I I actually want to say the first diecast figure that Hot Toys did, I think, was two thousand fourteen, and it was either the War Machine Mark One or it may have been even the Iron Patriot. Uh, figure i think was the first diecast one they did it's it's debatable which one came first yeah, but I think uh, you're right. it's only been something they've done for the last four years so it's 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 reasonably new tech and, and i feel like they're always looking to improve and this first podcast has has been great and it's been long and we're rambling and we just <laughs> love talking about it. so hopefully you as an audience have enjoyed the first episode of six scale scavengers from the brook city blockade podcast network you know, like we said, this is, hopefully you're, you'll come along for the ride with us, learn from us, we'll learn from you, reach out to us on social media. Chris, I think it's that time. I think it's plug time. Where can the good people find you on social media? Best places to find me are on Twitter and Instagram at Vintage Viewport and uh, on Facebook also, Christopher James Lenny. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Jedi Scavenger SW. The best place to find the Six Scale Scavengers podcast is on Instagram. It's Six Scale Scavengers. Pretty simple. Chris and I will be manning that account and uh, reposting figure announcements and upcoming things about our, our upcoming episodes. Uh, I just really starting to prefer Instagram to Twitter. It's uh, but that's that's a personal preference of mine. <laughs> So, Chris, we mentioned we are part of the Brick City Blockade Star Wars Podcast Network. Head on over to the website. We've we've teased it a bunch of different times. The resources that Chris and I have put together, and we try to update them at least the day that new news is dropped, if not within a few days. So you can find the links to Sideshow. You know, we don't get kickback from Sideshow. We're not affiliated with them in any way. We're just trying to give you the links to the best resource where you can get these figures for pre-orders, you know, and aftermarket, you know, if you decide after the fact or, you know, like, Hey, I really want to go and back and collect uh, some older figures. We did all, we've done all the searches for you on eBay and Amazon with all the product codes and stuff. So hopefully you can really easily find some of these figures because it can be difficult and, you know, believe it or not, not everybody is completely truthful on eBay and representing the products they have. So maybe that helps you out a little bit, maybe not. And obviously, 
being part of this podcast network. Obviously, you found us because you're listening to the show. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere where you can find a podcast. You can catch it with an app and you know tune into all of our other great shows. There's so many great shows and different things that we do as a network and spreading a positive message and being part of the friendum. I can't recommend it enough. You won't be disappointed. Chris, any other final thoughts? No, it's just been a great conversation. I know it probably went a little bit longer than we expected, but I mean, it just goes to show that we love talking about these figures and we really look forward to upcoming content, stuff that we're going to be putting out for you guys and just having a good time talking about Hot Toys, Marvel and, and Star Wars here. Ditto. All right, for Christopher James Letty, this is Brian Fontaine. We want to thank you for tuning in to Six Scale Scavengers, Episode 1. And as we always say on our network, may the Force be with you. Always. Always.